Well, welcome to the Price Ball Podcast. It is Monday, September 12th of 2022, and we have a rock star crew here. I'm with Raza Bashir, uh, the VP of Scientific Affairs and Product Innovation at Iovate and Muscle Tech, and modern day Renaissance man Sean Wells, who's no stranger to our podcast, who comes to us normally from NMB Nutrition, but today from Ingenious Ingredients as the inventor of the ingredient that Muscle Tech is using in their new IQ series of supplements. It's known as Infinity. Oh, you have a real tub there. <laughs> He's showing it on the YouTube channel for those, let's say, on the audio feed. It's known as Infinity, and it is um, paraxanthine. And we are going to talk about this new dietary supplement ingredient that Sean has invented or co-invented. And Muscle Tech is the first one to have it. We've been Ben and I are here on the channel. We've been using it, and we are loving it. So welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast, guys. We want to talk about everything about paraxanthine today. Um, talk about the science, how it's different from caffeine, because this is being used as a caffeine replacement. And then talk about the um, the products that Muscle Tech is launching that has it and everything else. And before I, I talk anymore, I want to say that in episode 48 with Sean Wells, July 27th of 2021, a little bit over a year ago, Sean told us he had something coming and this is it. So this is how we've making a full circle here for those of you who've been listening to us for a while. It's been over a year. And finally, the stuff that Sean was hyping back then is here. And it's awesome. You were, so, you were the first to hear about it, Mike. I, I, I greatly appreciate it and greatly love the uh, 200 milligram samples, but I'm very excited that we have 300 milligrams of the muscle tech pre-workout. So, <laughs> so I don't know how to kick it off and everything, but that's pretty much our introductions. Um, uh, I guess what everyone here is, is most interested in is really what is infinity? What is, what is paraxanthine? So if one of you two gentlemen can take over, if you want to do any more introductions than that, feel free to, um, but I would like to eventually just, yeah, learn about this ingredient and talk about the differences between this and caffeine and how it may be better for your uh, workout. I've, I've actually heard Sean talk a decent amount about caffeine and its effect on the industrial revolution. Um, I, I think I'm saying that right, but they're, they're, the uh, productivity with caffeine, and I found it wildly, wildly fascinating, so much that I turned it off, hoping that we could talk about that today. So I, I do think a really good uh, train of thought is to talk about, because caffeine is such a just staple in everyone's lives, whether it's pre-workout, whether it's energy drinks or coffee, Everyone is familiar with the effects of caffeine and maybe familiar with the negative effects of caffeine. So a lot of what we do with supplements is solving problems. So maybe if we could talk about what kind of problem does infinity solve in the caffeine subject of the world. Perfect. If that's I'm a good myself start. A scoop right now. <laughs> By the way, uh, Raza, before I get into it, I've been, you know, speaking of dry scooping, sometimes I'm just doing <laughs> this with, <laughs> I'm just eating the powder. I did uh, the same thing yesterday. I, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing product, um, of which paraxanthine infinity is one ingredient, but it's, it's a really great formula. Uh, but that's a great point, Ben, about the omnipresence of caffeine and it would not be a $1 trillion, $1 trillion market if it wasn't something that was so effective and so important to where we are in society. And if you think about, like you were just bringing up, the, the importance of caffeine, and it did fuel the Industrial Revolution. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, people were drinking during the day, and this shifted that completely. And the Pope ended up taking a, like a, a positive pass on, um, on caffeine and saying it's okay to use, and that changed everything across the face of Europe. And the, uh, the Royal Stock Exchange in, in the UK uh, was fueled 
uh, a lot by caffeine as well. The third shift essentially was fueled by caffeine. There, there's so much like we would not have this capitalistic society, this this industrialistic society, this society of growth without that. If you took away the third shift, if you took away the productivity and not only did it get more productive, like I said, they were almost anti-productive being drunk through most of the day in Europe. If you changed all this by removing caffeine, we wouldn't have the society we have. Like we may not have electric cars. We may not have airplanes. We may not have all of these different tech sectors, you know, Walmart and Amazon and, and all the logistics. I mean, just think about how important caffeine is. Not only that, think about how we meet. There's really two liquids that get us to meet, right? It's, it's alcohol and coffee. We meet at coffee shops. Hey, let's meet and have coffee. I want to chill and have coffee. Hey, I want to get work done. Let's get it done at the coffee shop or at the bar, right? I mean, these, these, these substances are so ingrained into our lives. And it's so, it's so important to have essentially alcohol and caffeine throughout the last several hundred years, especially that you know, to deny them would be silly. And what, what infinity, what paraxanthine solves is that for about 59% of the population, they are not fast metabolizers, meaning they're not metabolizing caffeine well. And so what happens is they're stuck more in this state of caffeine versus going to paraxanthine, which is where you see the majority of the benefits. And you're avoiding these other metabolites of theophylline and theobromine. And theophylline in particular, side effect ridden. It's actually a bronchodilator. It's a controlled substance. And so you get a lot of these side effects that you don't want from it. And so avoiding that is highly ideal, but it's not even that. Like when you're talking about removing caffeine, theo theophylline, theobromine, you're also removing all those metabolites thereafter. And there's a couple more stages of metabolites as well that we need to study. But the net effect when you just go to paraxanthine in and of itself is a much cleaner experience. And this is true across the board. And not only is it a cleaner experience, but we're avoiding that bioindividuality. And if you look at like the CYP1A2 gene, which is the cytochrome P450 uh, 1A2 enzyme, um, where you have the conversion of caffeine to paraxanthine, there are, there are massive differences there. So that's, that's what I'm talking about with that fast versus slow metabolizer gene. But there's also some other SNPs, other genes that you want to look at too, like the ADORA 2A uh, gene. And then there's just sensitivities that people have with things like anxiety, with insomnia, with tachycardia or hypertension, you know, that that can make them sensitive. And when you add all these things up, my numbers are roughly that about 80% of people are not dealing with caffeine well. I'm not saying it's bad. And obviously caffeine, again, so important. It got us here. There's a reason it's so popular. And there's just a better, cleaner solution now. So, awesome. I, yeah, I, I love what you say. A wise man once told me, and he noted um, that if you notice, societies on the upswing are often on stimulants, and societies on the downswing are often on depressants. And um, 
I don't want to get too much into drug talk, but you look at some Ooh. of the, the music and art created in the 80s and 90s, it's pretty clear that a lot of it's cocaine induced and um some of the uh stuff that's been happening as we've like increased opiate for use for instance has not been as uh, productive so i i've never really thought about it that far back i was really only thinking of it in terms of art and music in the 80s and 90s but i'm a I, without even like hearing what you're saying i'm a complete subscriber to that um and so yeah we can go further into that so so are you saying like is theophylline going to um it's got a way longer half-life. So if you're a slow metabolizer, is that is that the problem or is the 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 chemical itself the problem? Or and we're kind of like working around it. A two-part question, I guess. Uh and then the second part is like, is any of the parasanthine getting metabolized into theobromine or theophylline? Is it these are great questions. And there's a lot of exploration happening on our end. We're working with uh Dr. Kolawa. It's C-H-O-L-E-W-A. Uh, look him up. Really he did great. all the betaine studies, right? Yeah, really br brilliant research going yeah. on right now with him and, and this whole metabolizer gene. And when you break apart these studies, and I'll get into your question in just a second, this is a great lead-in, is that you see the difference between these metabolizer groups. We were always wondering why there was you know, the, the, the data was somewhat equivocal on, on these caffeine studies, you get like the hyper responders and, and not, and doesn't matter whether we're looking at cognitive performance or ergogenic slash athletic performance, we would be seeing this massive variance. And we were wondering why all the time, like, why is it? And we thought maybe it's because of the uh, adaptation effect. Maybe it's just, oh, they use a ton of caffeine. That's why. Mm-mm. It's, it's literally this, this bio-individuality of the genetic differences on how you metabolize caffeine. And so when you break that apart and you actually have the data on the caffeine metabolism per person, these various SNPs, then you can tell who's going to perform well and who's not. The fast responders, uh, the fast metabolizers, sorry, they're the ones that are getting the great results. They're the ones that are getting the cognitive results and the athletic performance. And what's crazy is not only are the slow metabolizers not getting the results, they're actually getting declination in performance. We see negative cognitive performance. We see negative athletic performance. And so once we understand this, now this explains why we were seeing this, this massive amount of variance, and we're just not seeing that with parazanthine. So caffeine, to back this up, is 1,3,7-trimethylxanthine. And therefore, when you metabolize, when you demethylate this compound, you get to three other dimethylxanthine. So you remove the methyl group, so it's gone from tri to di. And now when we look at parazanthine, it's 1,7-dimethylxanthine. You remove the methyl group at the 3-methyl position, which we're thinking is done by the body for a very good reason. We believe that the majority of that demethylation is happening at the 3-methyl position because that is a somewhat toxic position and it's harder on your body's metabolism. And you see that with theophylline, right? And you could see that potentially with its metabolites. So again, it's not even just that one step, it's the other steps. And there's, if you look at this whole pathway, there's many, there's there's the, the, the single methylxanthines and then those there's these methyl urates and all this stuff that's happening 
uh, below caffeine when you look at this pathway. So it gets pretty complex. So as far as half-life, you're right. Here's where it gets really crazy. We're told caffeine is around a four hour half-life and, and uh, you know, this is a little bit faster. Perizanthine infinity is a little bit faster, maybe like a three to three and a half hour, depending. Uh, so it's a little bit in and out, a little bit cleaner. But the thing is, that's an average. And we're talking a massive variance for caffeine, whereas this is pretty spot on on how everyone experiences perizanthine. But with caffeine, you get people that are hyper fast metabolizers that are like, I don't, maybe you're like this, Mike, you're like, I can have caffeine and go straight to bed, <laughs> you know, and then there's people that it's like, like me, I have it at like 10am, and I struggle to sleep. And so the half life of this thing can be very massive. And what happens is yes, around 80%, if you look up these uh, metabolic pathway charts converts from caffeine to perizanthine. But the question is, how long does it take? And, and what is the rate? And so that's where the massive difference is, is if perizanthine is where all the benefits are, how long does it take when you're doing this drip drop conversion to perizanthine versus just giving perizanthine and going right to the thing that works? And that's where we're seeing. So not only are you avoiding side effects, but you're getting straight to the benefits. And especially if you're a slow metabolizer, this is going to be massive for you. But we're also seeing, even with fast metabolizers, them see benefit as well because it doesn't have the adaptation effect that caffeine has. So for these people that essentially the, the people that are fast metabolizers that can go straight to bed, that's because they've typically adapted so quickly and they need a massive dose of caffeine to get any benefits. And so when they have lower doses, it can almost be like tiring or certainly not effective. And so when you're going straight to perizanthine, they're getting the benefits too. And so we don't see habituation. We don't see adaptation effects like we do with caffeine. So it's very unique. This Excellent. Thank sense. you. So a lot of times when we read and write about caffeine itself, we say it's like an adenosine antagonist um, that essentially keeps you awake a little bit longer. Obviously, it can't keep you awake forever. Now, is caffeine, the caffeine molecule actually doing that? Or is it actually, the, is, or is the perizanthine that is being metabolized into, and is primarily metabolized into perizanthine, um, is that doing the heavy lifting after we drink the caffeine? Like what is actually, am I, so I guess my question is if I take perizanthine instead of caffeine, am I missing out on any of, of the benefits of wakefulness that we're looking for? Um, who's doing the heavy lifting when I drink caffeine and can I still get those benefits with the perizanthine itself? Well, maybe I'll, I'll go first, Sean, and I'll pass it to you to go. Um, so it is. It has the data that uh, we've seen and, and that Sean shared with us um, and his team is that it actually has higher binding potency for adenosine A1 and A2 receptors. So that's the other thing that makes us so special is that you know you have this huge variability, right? That you know Sean was talking about, and it, it literally is it's massive. It's anywhere from you know one and a half to ten hours, which is such a big difference. Um, so you know, you have people that you know they're either they're a fast metabolizer, they're getting the results when they need it. And when they're that slow metabolizer, um, you know, to, you know, they're either not getting it when they need it or it's counterproductive. And there's multiple studies now 
Uh, there's a strength training, you know, mentioned that was presented, Ben, that was actually presented at ISSN, right? That was Dr. Jason Kaliva. He showed that in strength training, slow metabolizer, believe it or not, it's counterproductive. Um, and then there was training that was done in 2018 at the University of Toronto. That was then down in endurance. So now we've got this data talking about no matter what type of training you're doing, um, as great as caffeine is, it is very, you know, specialized on those that, um, you know, from a genetic perspective can metabolize it really well. So there is absolutely an element of it. Um, it's, it's not just about, you know, making, you know, you're essentially utilizing your genetics and making this work, you know, work better for you. Um, there is a power that comes with it. And of course, caffeine has some of its own effects and some of those other ingredients, but perizanthine is essentially what we think of and infinity specifically is the, you know, the efficacy associated when you consume uh, caffeine. So with our product, for example, you know, we got 300 milligrams um, in this product, you'd potentially have to consume, you know, 420 milligrams of caffeine to get that. But then you got to think about, you know, the slow drip when you got it, it doesn't bind as effectively. So there's so many variables there. Um, but, uh, you know, answer your question is absolutely unique, um, you know, that perspective and has its own benefits. And for the record, for anyone listening um, in the show notes, we will be linking and citing those those studies and we'll be eventually doing us a mega post where we just keep up to date with all the stuff coming out because I believe Sean and his team at Ingenious Ingredients are going to be behind or working with more stuff to be published from what I understand. So um, are there any, so yeah, let's uh, talk about studies. Are there anything, is there anything else to note from some of the research studies? We can't, we can't talk about some of the studies that we're working on in, in, in depth yet, but I can tell you, um, I can tell you that the study we're doing one on e-gaming for like mental endurance and performance, incredible stuff. And then we have a weight loss study uh, coming as well. That will be uh, pretty stunning. I, I'm, I'm very excited about like the, the preclinical stuff we've done it, that's shown us like this thing is far more um, lipolytic, far more, uh, adenosine inhibiting. We're seeing better focus, less mistakes. We're seeing uh, it not have the anxiety induction. Uh, and then on, again, on this preclinical front with, with the rodent models that we're now looking into, we're seeing increased BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotrophic factor for neuroplasticity. We're seeing reduced uh, ROS. And in particular, we're seeing uh, increased glutathione and catalase. Uh, which is incredible. Uh, we're seeing increased nitric oxide through uh, PDE9 inhibition. It, the data is just um, honestly, like, you know, talking to Dr. Ralph and Dr. Martin on, on the team and, and Kylin, like we've been in the industry 20, 25 years a piece. We've never seen something that like from an efficacy standpoint, works this well and then from the standpoint of like the data just consistently across the board always working out like you do not have like i can tell you like ralph and, and martin and myself we've worked on probably 40 ingredients and you know you have some studies that that look good and some studies that don't you have some data that looks good and some data that doesn't and you know it's and you focus in on the things where it is good and we're seeing everything be good. And like, we're just stunned. Like, honestly, like we all felt like this would be a great ingredient, but it's just 
stunning and it's really exciting. And I mean, that's why we, we had to pair up with an incredible partner like IOVATE Muscle Tech HydroxyCut uh, to, to launch this thing because, you know, they could bring the, the marketing muscle. They had the distribution for us to really get behind this thing wholeheartedly. Can I ask, um, not to come across as a non-believer, but you know, we, we all love caffeine. We've been using it forever, right? So here's a little bit of a devil's advocate question. Theophylline is a controlled drug. We all know that it's been explored. And theobromine is a very popular dietary supplement. So those being the other two you know, metabolites of caffeine, why has paraxanthine never been explored before? And in those ways, if theobromine is just a generic ingredient that anyone can use, what is patentable about paraxanthine? Maybe for people who are a little bit curious about, you know, why is it able to be an exclusive patent for Ingenious? Could you maybe explain how that works? That was literally my question. Because like we were it, looking at some of the research and it's from the 1980s. It's been known about. So yeah. thank you. It's, they're, they're, they're great questions. And I get asked this all the time with ingredients I've worked on. Things like, I mean, Mike you and, and Ben, you know, several of the ingredients I've worked mm-hmm. on and, and almost all of them, I get that question. And it's the same here. I mean, part of it is, I would say, you know, you know, my partner, Kylin, I mean, he has over a million square feet of facility, over a hundred scientists, and we can just do things like on a level that other people can't. And then, you know, Dr. Ralph and Dr. Martin are just brilliant chemists that, you know, file uh, all this intellectual property, understand the regulatory on a brilliant level you know, and get everything dialed in studies, whether it's our preclinical or our, our human studies. And I just come up with these ideas and, and just like, I start looking at pathways and, you know, I had Kylan make this about seven years ago and we started trying it and it was just, it was amazing. And I was like, "Mm, this thing could really be better. And then I started, you know, diving in and seeing, well, some of the data was saying, well, it doesn't occur naturally. And so I was like, well, maybe that's the reason. And, and if it's it's kind of a no-go unless you file an NDI, if it doesn't occur naturally. But then I started doing some deeper research and finding that there were, we found about five sources. It's very small, but it does occur naturally. And I think, you know, that's some of the reason. And then I think people thought up until this data, like I was just talking about, is fairly recent on this metabolism difference. And I think people just genuinely thought the majority of caffeine just becomes this. So just take caffeine or take a little bit more. And I can tell you this ingredient costs a lot more than caffeine to make. So that would have been a barrier and very similar to like, you know, when I worked on, you know, uh, theocrine and methylibrine, that those ingredients were way more expensive. And, you know, someone like Kylin can, can work on these ingredients to optimize them in a way I think most most companies can't, you know, whether we're working on fermentation or synthesis or enzymatic ways of, of making these ingredients. Uh, he's brilliant on that side. So, you know, I would say that's, those are the reasons, but honestly, like my, my biggest answer is, I don't know. <laughs> like, like it's, it's kind of mind blowing every time, every time I'm like, how has no one <laughs> done this yet? And I don't have a good answer for you. Those are just some kind of answers, but I'm happy about it. Uh, And as far as patents, uh, we've uh, filed many, 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 many patents now. 
uh, around, um, you know, use, around synthesis, around composition, just thinking through everything we can think of um, and really fascinating data like that we use for preclinical, again, like animal models, like to really point out like what ingredients stack well with it. Like we actually knocked out like 50 ingredients at once. So we could like look at like what's moving the needle in synergy. So now we've got a bunch of things coming out like that. So uh, very exciting. Um, love this data. Uh, you know, there's definitely some great ingredients that that euphoric already has like, like tyrosine. That's a dopamine, uh, dopamine agonist that, you know, is going to stack very well with this, obviously. So we're already seeing like mood enhancement and dopamine and serotonin. We're actually looking at many neurotransmitters, uh, you know, being affected by infinity. So there is like, I would say that's a, that's a really different, not only does it feel cleaner, I would say like subjectively what we're getting feedback wise is there's definitely like a mood enhancement with this dopamine serotonin thing that like one of the things that we kept getting early on, like we were giving it to some quarterbacks in the NFL and we were hearing like this swagger thing. And, and that's literally, you know, this dopamine reward kind of a mechanism that's, that we're seeing, um, and, and I would also say like another thing that we see is that there's kind of like this afterglow where you don't feel like usually with the adenosine inhibition, when you remove that, then there's kind of like this, it all comes back in and, and you feel kind of this crash or this fatigue. And I think because of the neurotransmitter lift, because of the antioxidant lift, because of the nitric oxides, because of the, the kind of optimization physiologically that's happening that you're seeing like this this afterglow where like you don't you don't have the crash and not only that like I, i've been hearing back from people on their hrvs with their wearables etc that they're they're actually improving when they're switching to parazanthine so this is like really exciting like from that front too that people are getting better sleep yeah as a uh i will say i probably like the top percentile in terms of caffeine metabolizers i could take a good 200 milligrams probably around eight o'clock and be asleep by 10 no problem dude um, and i've always been that way i didn't know this was honestly until like maybe six years ago i did not know that you should stop caffeine until you know i don't take it past five o'clock now which is still pretty late for a lot of people but wow. i uh, but i've also like I, and i've explored caffeine quite hard mike's watch fitnessed me like really explore the, de the depths of caffeine i get such an incredible lift out of it um, and I don't mean literally weightlifting. I mean, I feel amazing on caffeine and, uh, paraxanthine is just a, a complete different, but familiar, you know, it's, it's very kind of interesting because you, you can tell when you use it, like, yeah, I can tell why this is kind of maybe a fraction of what I feel on caffeine, but it's a hundred percent that good part. So that's swagger. I wouldn't have come up with that word on my own, but that is absolutely a great descriptor for how I feel. I take this on a leg day and I just, I, you just feel that dopamine rush that you're talking about. And, and for people like weightlifters who are already very accustomed to that dopamine, you know, that, that reward of having a great exercise and, and feeling like you've, you've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's like a exponential multiplier on that. 
Yeah, for those who haven't seen it yet, on YouTube, we have a video that we put on our Discord. You join our Discord at discord.pricewell.com, where a lot of the uh, muscle tech sent out some samples to beta testers. They had no clue that it was a muscle tech product, and the beta testers all like nailed it. They are feeling very good. It felt like like 300 milligrams felt like 270 milligrams of the caffeine to some people. Watch the video, and uh, it was really impressive on on the anecdotes that were received and that beta test. I'd like to ask Raza like to, uh, a couple questions. First off, like how do you go about evaluating? This is a brand new ingredient. There, there there's obviously some level of risk bringing in a new ingredient first to market. So how does how does a company as large as Iovate uh, evaluate and, and like decide to pull the trigger on such a thing. And then, um, and then give us some of the anecdotes as well that you, that you're hearing from your side. Cause a lot of people there have been using it for a longer period of time. And then, yeah, we can kind of pile in on that as well. For sure. Um, so when I first got the call, I think it was about, uh, three to four years ago. Um, and, you know, Sean's got an amazing team. It was, it was Ralph specifically, you know, I was chatting and, you know, he'd kind of mentioned it, to me, and you know, similar to, to Ben, what you were thinking, you know, I saw the mechanism. I was like, well, yeah, this 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 makes. I mean, this is brilliant. This makes complete sense. Um, but at the same time, I mean, for more than fifteen years, I, I I mean, I've tried every stimulant. You know, I've tried every different combination of ingredients. In fact, for fifteen years, I was trying to maximize the benefits of caffeines and stimulants while bringing down the jitters, so people could take more and more to get the true ergogenic benefits. Um, I literally like we filed a patent for, you know, theanine in 2010, you know, with it, I tried all the different adaptogens, uh, you name it, we tried everything to essentially, you know, again, allow people to take more, not realizing that there was a little more to it from a genetic perspective, right, and how you metabolize it. But that said, um, you know, you get habituated, right? So over time, even though you didn't enjoy the experience, you know, for many people, they just you know, after consuming so much caffeine, they kind of got get used to it, which is why, you know, I have a question for you after Ben, just that if you ever gone like seven to 10 days without caffeine, we'll come back to that. Um, but that was one thing, again, just from a formulation perspective, you know, we were, we were always thinking about, so what we realized and the best way I can describe this is like a heightened perception, you know, versus caffeine when you get in the zone and the, tra- and the way you train um, with just, going, you know, going straight to the source. Um, but again, when I first heard about it, I'm like, you have to try it because you never know, can you take something without caffeine, right? I mean, just everyone's so accustomed to taking it in a pre-workout. So I got the sample. Um, I tried it, I tried it alone. And then I tried it with a few different combinations. And then I was thinking, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I, I didn't take any caffeine today. Right. Like I, I just, I didn't, it, you know, I didn't either take my espresso. I didn't take another pre-workout another thermo. And then eventually, you know, Sean, the team sort of, you know, kept hearing from me because I just needed more and more samples <laughs> to keep, keep trying. Cause I just, I just, <laughs> just loved it. Um, so that's when I knew we were onto something. And once I knew we were onto something, it was like, okay, we, we have to, we have to, you know, this is literally, this is the most groundbreaking ingredient that, you know, we just have to launch this in a product. And we started getting samples. So it was before we completely you know, understood, you know, the regulatory side of things. But that said, you know, I had so much trust in, you know, the, you know, Sean, his team that, um, and one thing I love is they're investing so much, right? So they went, they did all the data that you need to be generally recognized as safe. You know, they made sure it ended up in a food with, um, you know, nutrition facts panel, like that is the way you're supposed to do it. So they were, you know, delivering on quality, which really resonated with our values. And then the science, 
I mean, I've seen, you know, there's a lot of ingredients, a lot of mechanisms. When you look at the pharmacokinetic data, you look at these, you see all these obvious ideas, but before somebody goes and truly invests, not invest, not only invest in the manufacturing of it and making sure that they deliver something, deliver something with like that purity, that quality, but then go and do the clinical studies. So then we can leverage the claims because once you, you know, you get those anecdotal benefits, you try it. It's what can you truly say to the consumer? You know, what can we communicate? And that's the stuff that they've been uh, investing in. So that wasn't there immediately, but that just, I mean, the research that they're doing and continuing to do is, 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 is amazing and coming out there. So, you know, we got there to the point where our business was really comfortable and uh, we worked really closely. Like there, I think there wasn't a detail that wasn't, you know, uh, too small for us to discuss, you know, from a, from a, you know, from in some ways, you know, from a, from a study design, what, you know, other claims we may need, you know, what do we want on pack? Um, even to the point, like when we were talking about our, you know, our burn IQ product, um, you know, this one, this is the, the thermo, you know, one of the ingredients in here is our specific uh, green coffee extract that we standardized the 45% chlorogenic acids that we have two human clinics from two different groups um, showing weight loss. And, you know, the Sean, you know, the one thing that, you know, Sean and the team were, were added about was like, let's make sure it's decaffeinated. So absolutely, this is decaffeinated. So we got to make sure that we call that out because um, we don't want people to get confused with the messaging on, on how this is differentiated and different. So like all those details, um, we collaborated on and, you know, for more than 25 years, I mean, we've been looking, you know, we brought, we've got so many first to market opportunities and I've been, you know, really, really fortunate to have been involved with a lot of those launches, some of the biggest launches in the industry, um, you know, during, during that, during that time. And to me, this is the next great leap forward. It really is. It's, it's totally differentiated, which is why we had to get behind it. And it doesn't happen, um, without, you know, partnering with, you know, someone like a genius. So. Um, hopefully I answered the question, um, but, uh, yeah, we're excited. You can't tell. So yeah. And it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I guess the second part of the question was, um, some of the anecdotal feedback, I'm not sure if you had any extra stuff to say, but, uh, but before I give my own, I would yeah, love to hear what the, yeah. you, I'm sure there's some people there have probably gone through maybe 20 to 30, maybe more servings outside of yourself. Who's been using it for oh, four years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got a five pound tub right there, right beside oh, the clothes. That's my personal. Biggest giveaway ever. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, you know what? We will we'll figure that one out. We'll get some out there, but uh, we're, we're fully stocked. That's for sure. Um, there, there has never been, you know, as much excitement as there is in our business. There, there, there really hasn't been. I mean, that's what I love. We got everybody who's tried it. The, um, the feedback has been incredible. Um, so I'll start with the, the euphoric because we we have to tr like we tried so many different combinations, right? And we we didn't want to also over engineer to the point where you're just throwing a lot of ingredients on top of each other, um, just you know to get a certain label label call out. It was how are these ingredients you know interacting? Um, you know I talked about that heightened level of perception. We want to keep that right. Like we don't want people to get distracted. We want people to stay in the zone. So, you know, you're thinking about, uh, we're thinking about everything when we came to this formulation, we were thinking about, you know, acetylcholine precursors, but again, we just, you know, there's a certain amount that you want to combine with it. We were thinking the dopaminergic pathway. Uh, we were thinking about uh, neuroplasticity with brain-derived neurotropic hormone, which you get from the, the neurofactor that we incorporated. Uh, the catecholamine release to support this with the tyrosine, um, you know, all that went into it and uh, new level as well. So again, like thinking about how do you enhance blood flow and blood flow to the brain? And that also has great research on showing its ability in gamers um, to enhance with certain measures of cognitive accuracy. So 
we played around with different iterations. There's many ingredients that I tried that didn't end up in the final formula. Um, and it was just, it was, it was understanding the science, trying the ingredient alone, and then trying it with certain combinations of ingredients until we had kind of dialed it in. And then of course the next phase was taste. Um, so eventually once we started noticing a trend, okay, we're onto something here, you know, version 5A, this is it, you know, after, you know, a few, and again, we tried, we tried various, various iterations, um, but the feedback that we got, and, I, and I'll admit, like naturally when we tell people they're about to get a caffeine free product, and again, this is not stimulant free by any means, it, it hits, but caffeine free, people, people start to get skeptical. Can you give me the good stuff? And I'm like, no, no, you, you got to try this, right? And then once they try it, and then they all of a sudden notice that, well, this delivered on everything that they experienced and wanted to get out of workout from, you know, strength, from endurance, um, energy, and focus. And a lot of that, although there is ingredients, of course, we're going to have, you know, a couple of the key ingredients that you need in there for vasodilation, you know, citrulline, plus the new level, right? It is in there as well, but again, more nootropic uh, um, uh, focused. And then, you know, we also have ingredients, of course, like your beta alanine, you're in, and, you know, when you think about endurance, naturally you think about, you know, inhibiting, um, you know, enhancing muscle carnosine, right. To enhance lactic acid buildup, et cetera, but the whole impact on the brain, right. And going after neurotransmitters to help you push through your workout. That is kind of what gives you that motivation, right. To hit your personal best, to exceed. It doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, lifting weights, um, doing cardio, um, whatever type of recreational activity, sport um, is as well. So those are the things that we started to notice and started to get feedback on. And on the pre-workout, people were just, I mean, we had people that um, didn't like, you know, who were either loved STEM, like they could handle high doses of caffeine and Yohimbi taking this and saying, wow, like it was a different experience, but I did not miss what I would typically take. And then you have that other group of people that, you know, that train hard, that either train at night and just didn't want that heavy stims. And they're like, yeah, no, I just don't take group workouts because I, I just don't want that. I got them taking on. I got one employee in particular where we're just like, yeah, I won't touch that stuff. He got on it, loved it. So we started just getting all this feedback. And to me, that's exciting because we're, I mean, we're, we're here to, you know, transform, you know, people's, people's lives, get them more active, you know, enhance performance. And if they're not going to take a stimulant because they either train at night or they're worried about getting overstimulated, you know, to me, that was game changing. Um, and I'm personally also a, a, a slow metabolizer, which is why, you know, it really has, it has changed. You know, I have been hoarding, you know, Sean always laughs. Like I was hoarding a lot of samples initially because it like, it literally was changing things for me. It was changing the game. You know, I could, you know, whether I was working out or, or not, it was just such an incredible experience. So we started getting really good feedback on the euphoric, the burn IQ. So, you know, Sean was talking about a lot of the great science that they're now doing on thermogenesis and fat loss. Um, this is one of my, you know, favorite products and particularly the sweet heat, um, version, uh, we, so we've got two, two flavors. We've got a mango chili lime and, uh, this sweet heat. So this has, you know, a lot of the key ingredients that you'd expect. Um, but really we, you know, we talk about it's called the burn IQ. It's the smartest way to get shredded. You know, the first product, um, fueled by infinity, but we also included Axivite in it. And this experience, like people are trying this and it's like, unlike anything they felt before the rapid onset um, of the sensory and, and we'll have to turn to Sean in a minute. Cause I always love when, when he explains uh, how he feels after he takes it, but that combination. So it's, it's combined with, um, you know, phenol capsaicin. So capsaicin, 
key ingredient within chili peppers that we all know really well enhances, you know, your core body uh, thermal, you know, your, your thermogenesis, body temperature, that phenyl group really enhances bioavailability. Um, in fact, they've got some comparative data where they show it's somewhere between four to eight X um, versus the standard form. So it's really, really special in that way. Um, it's also got some um, information on its ability to decrease infl inflammation markers, um, particularly in the gut, um, something known as zonulin. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. And it's also a bioenhancer. So together, you're getting all these benefits from infinity. But then with that, and there just seems to be, you know, something particularly special that, um, you know, that people love. But both products uh, are really, I think we think we've, we feel like we found the perfect combination ingredients. Uh, and again, we, these wouldn't be possible without Infinity, because to me, that's how we kind of changed the game. Um, something unlike anything that's been out there. Yeah, I can say the, the phenyl capsaicin. Uh, it's really interesting that I think there's like some like buccal, like sublingual pathway happening here because like I'm getting like peristesis like similar to like a, a beta alanine in like 30 to 60 seconds like my face like I feel tingles in my face I'm like <laughs> whoa this is like there's something very different happening with this with this compound that's that's really interesting I would love to look at the research I didn't know about the zonulin thing because that's like leaky gut like you want to look yeah. into that like that's you know, massive. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, but I can tell you, like, like Raza was talking about just funny anecdote, like when I reached out to like his people, we were working on some flavoring things and, you know, different things like that. And uh, I was like, well, what do you guys think of it? They're like, we haven't tried it. Yet. <laughs> like, they're like, Raza won't let us. He's like, he's like holding, you know, because at that point, we had very little. Uh, and Raza was like, loving it, like, like, and, and that's been the case, like across the board now, like, I, I think Raza, you were saying like the whole, the whole team is on it now. Like, right. Like just like from CEO down to mailroom, there's like people that are just like knocking down the doors to, to try it. Right. Yeah. Like our, our, our part-time job is basically fulfilling requests now for samples <laughs> rather than formulating this. It is, it really is off the charts. Like the people are loving it and that's what you want to see. Right. I mean, we're creating products that you know, we want to take as well, right? We want, you know, our friends, you know, everybody we know in the industry to take and, and we're seeing that. For sure. But like Raza and I, like the reason, like it's been a game changer for both of us. Like I, I was hoarding it myself because this is finally something for someone that's like suffered my whole life with, you know, caffeine being like this ugly friend, you know, that like, like, I guess I, I have to use it, but it Fs with me every time I do. It's like, wow, this is like a, a total game changer for me. And it's awesome to hear, Ben, that like you still have, you know, great benefits, even though, you know, you're a very fast metabolizer, it sounds like. But, you know, for people like Raza and I, it's massive difference. And I can tell you, like, that this isn't just a pre-workout. Like, this is funny, you know, funny anecdote too, Raza. If you remember, like the one day, like our whole team came into Toronto to the to the headquarters to present like our our new data this was maybe a month ago I think and uh we have a lot of data on on this ingredient and and another ingredient that may be coming soon um and we consume this Raz is like you know you guys should taste this try it and you know this is the final version and and uh all of us at the table consume this and we're like oh this is good this is good in like the next two hours, we went through like six hours of work 
not even realizing like what happened. And then like later on in the day, we're like, oh my God, that was the euphoric and the infinity. So I can tell you just using this, like if you need to crank and get some stuff done, this is it, you know, this is, this is the real deal. Yeah. yeah I, I, my, my feedback is, is very similar. Um, I'm starting to get spoiled with this tub here. You can see, so it was just like kind of written on the tub. If you're watching on YouTube, um, tastes great by the way, I'm not even sure what flavor this is, but it's, it's incredible. And, um, for me, it's like, it's, it's cleaner. So the, the, the word most people are, are using is, is the cleaner effect. I think I'm a, I'm a regular caffeine metabolizer. I, um, four o'clock is usually my, my cutoff time, uh, for caffeine. But when I, when I take it, I have, I definitely have a little bit less of the anxiety. I have a little bit less of the crash and it is, it is a little bit less crazy. And there are times when I, there most of the time I want that. There are occasionally times where I, I actually want a, a hard hit of caffeine. And what I'm starting to see, and this is what other people are starting to say too, is that after um, you've been using Parazanthine or Infinity for a while, and you go back to caffeine, like straight caffeine and hydrous, the caffeine feels dirtier and just dirty is the word. And there are times where that's fun. And then there are other times where like, I, I, I took some, like 300, 275 milligrams of caffeine and hydrous. And I was like, Ooh, should have taken the euphoric workout. I was just kind of feeling the, a little bit roughed up from the caffeine. And, uh, and so that's kind of like, that's where I'm at. It's, it's not everyone has the budget to have like, you know, tons of pre-workouts in their shelves, but I think there's a, there's a time where this is incredible. And there's, there's maybe a time where you do want to get a little bit crazier and dirtier with a little bit of caffeine. But as time goes on, I'm catching myself enjoying the euphoric more often than not. And then um, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I used it before just going to a friend's barbecue and these guys were drinking. I, I was not, I only had like one dessert shot way at the end, but I was like, I was riding high in the euphoric and like, we're having a very intense conversation. And these guys are like classically educated individuals. So I would consider, you know, far more intelligent myself, at least from book smart point of view. And like, I was making very coherent, very cohesive arguments where I was not like searching for words. I wasn't like stuttering or stumbling. I, I was just like, I was just on point. And, and so the name euphoric actually, um, the, I think it's a great name for the pre-workout and it's, it's spelled with an IQ at the end for anyone like, you know, listening here. Uh, and we'll have all this in the show notes, but it was, it's a perfect name because it does have just that those euphoric positive, the caffeine, but without like the, the wild haired craziness that sometimes caffeine and hydrous can provide. Um, I, I think so. One, one question I had to back to Sean, I'm not sure if Ben wanted to say anything else, but uh, it seems that you're not going to allow anyone to formulate this with caffeine alongside. And I'm not sure if that's like a political statement or if there's actual scientific backing or you don't want it to be like clouded. So I was wondering like, if that's what, what the, what the thinking was on that, if that is the, the case. Uh, it's, it's more than a political statement. Obviously there's logic, uh, behind the idea of like, if we're trying to replace caffeine, like it could be, you know, counterproductive and in, in terms of our marketing, you know, to have caffeine co-administered, but the, we've already done a, a number of studies now, and we're just seeing that again, when you stack the two, that we actually see counterproductive results. So that's where our recommendation is coming from. And certainly when you compare parazanthine head to head to caffeine every single time, whether it's, you know, side effects or, or benefits, we're seeing parazanthine outperform it. But yes, when they're stacked together, it just seems to underperform 
compared to uh, the paraxanthine administration alone. So, you know, and that's not even including, um, you know, people that, that may be slow metabolizers and, and how uh, counterproductive it would be in particular for them. So again, we're, we're just clearing out, if I could show you the whole pathway, we're just kind of clearing out that whole thing and just getting to the meat of it that really matters. And it's just, you know, like you're saying a clean experience, it's also a clean pathway, you know, and that's, that's what's happening. And it's not just caffeine, theobromine, theophylline, it's many levels. Like I said, you know, you're, you're removing uh, at least 12 ingredients uh, or, or compounds, I should say. So, um, so that's where it's coming from. It's, it's just a, a wholly cleaner experience. Are you also not allowing it to be used next to theobromine? Correct. Yeah. 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 Any, any of the other, um, uh, you know, dimethylxanthines and, and caffeine itself. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, this is exciting. I, I honestly, yeah. So as I keep using it, I, I do think this is like the next big thing. Um, it's kind of interesting. Cause like, where do you go next? Obviously, Coffee is a big thing that's not going. I guess coffee consumption may may have like peaked or or it's you know a lot of stuff has gone into like performance energy like cans. I'm I'm just wondering like what can you do and is muscle tech? Are we going to muscle tech? Maybe question for Raza. Are we going to see this in an RTD or a, a, a pre workout can? Or are you sticking with powders for the time being? Well, without giving it too much right now, I see for initially you're definitely going to see you know, more powders, more pills. Um, we're, you know, as you can tell, I mean, we're huge believers in this. So we are developing, you know, a pretty deep pipeline of this because, um, yeah, I mean, we, we think it's just that transformative, right? Caffeine has been great until, until we knew about this, until this was, this was available. So this is where you're going to see it in, in multiple categories. We've been busy, we've been busy. So mo mo most more launches to come, uh, but mostly, mostly powders and, and some pills for now. One of the things when uh, when Raza, when you and I talked at ISSN, we kind of got into this topic where <clears throat> I, I come from powerlifting and bodybuilding background, and, and a lot of lifters in the pre-workout category will have that background, but there are a lot of general consumers as well. Um, that seems like the consumer journey of pre-workouts just goes higher and higher doses, more hardcore and more hardcore. And it, it definitely is uncomfortable, but most people seem to find that uncomfortableness as positive thing in in terms of fitness uh, we have obviously it's become a bit of a social media craze to take lots and lots of pre-workout um and I, I feel like on the back half of that most of us that don't leave the community stick around to finally find some way to create focus and euphoria and energy through a more natural or more comfortable way and i feel that a lot of pre-workout is going in that direction we've seen a lot well, we've definitely seen a split in the industry between compliance products and non-compliant products. And unfortunately, that's a quite a big divide in the industry. So one of the things that I did when I selected beta testers for our uh, setup was actually to pick a few beta testers that I know for a fact take some non-compliant stuff just to kind of get that opinion. And it's really interesting because behind that, obviously blind, none of them knew what they were using. Everyone reported, this just felt better. Mm. And so one of the things that I, I personally have thought is like that, just that side of the industry where it's, you know, quote unquote, cool to be taking stuff that you have no clue where it comes from. A lot of the industry, and Sean, I see this in your content, we have to warn people about the sources of the stuff, you know, even though you're buying it at a, a maybe a reputable store locally, like 
a lot of the stuff you have no clue where it's going to get manufactured. So we've talked a little bit about where this comes from with Kylan. And that is one thing that I always want to under, you know, underline is the, the safety and the quality of the ingredients that are being created just from a manufacturing standpoint, maybe not even just like the, the actual uh, attributes of it. But I love this idea that we have this smart pre-workout coming because mm-hmm. I think there is so, so much of a, a large growing community of informed consumers, uh, whether it is bodybuilding, which is, you know, obviously a large part of where muscle tech has always come from, but even just the general consumer wants to be more educated on what they're putting into their bodies now. So I, I, I'm really hoping that this ushers in a phase of very informed consumers that aren't just trying to, I don't have a better phrase for this, but crack themselves out in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, On that note, I, if anyone has any safety data, I'd, I'd love to get into that real quickly. Um, Cause I know for a fact there's this guy named Ben Kane who's going to end up maybe taking a gram of it. Is he going to cause himself like some problems? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he's done it with it's caffeine. all in the name of science. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do it. So, but um, but no, I, I'm pretty sure you are you're setting upper limits and everything. But would love to know. Like, I'm sure you've compared caffeine, even if it's in animal models, or whatever, caffeine to paraxanthine in terms of safety and toxicology. Like, could you share any of that? Yeah, yeah, we already have uh, self-affirmed grass. Uh, FDA grass is very nearly done. Um, so, you know, just from that standpoint alone, uh, we're going well above and beyond a, a typical ingredient that would be included. Is, and as Raza, is that published yet, or is that shareable yet? Any of that? The self-affirmed, the self-affirmed is the the FDA grass is like I said is is very close. Okay, I have to get that. Uh, put it in the notes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so from that toxicology standpoint, like we've, we've gone very far above and beyond in, in all of our studies, we've been looking at uh, safety parameters, looking at, you know, heart rate, blood pressure, et cetera, anxiety. Um, and we're seeing it, you know, just dramatic, like not significant isn't even, you know, the, the, the word, uh, but it's a, it's about one tenth the, the toxicity, um, pretty, pretty dramatic difference. Um, and, and so it's a very, you know, clean experience and, and that's where this is coming from. And again, like we're exploring all the reasons uh, biologically why that is the case, but, you know, we do think that there's obviously a lot of bio-individuality, you know, there, whereas I think, you know, someone like, like Raza and myself may experience it on a much different level not only in terms of benefits, but possibly in terms of, um, you know, that, that degree of uh, detoxifying it um, versus when we have paraxanthine, whereas like Ben, you know, it's, you know, maybe it's, it's no, not much different in terms of the the toxicity. So it's hard, it's hard to say, again, there's just so much bioindividuality there, but this is one that I think you can feel very safe trying. If you if you've used caffeine and love caffeine and used it in a pre workout, this is safer uh, and and more experiential. And right now, our our grass approval is 400 milligrams a day and 300 milligrams up to 300 milligrams per use. So you know that's where like if you were using it in a pre workout of 300 milligrams, we can only recommend uh, one use per day. And if you were doing 200 milligrams, that's where we could recommend that it could be used twice a day. Currently, we obviously think, you know, given that safety data that, you know, we can bump this up eventually. But right now where this came out is caffeine set at 400 milligrams 
you can be set at, at 400 milligrams. That's like when we went through this process, that's, that's where we are. And, and we think that's a good place to start too. Like, I think where this ingredient is positioned in terms of efficacy, in terms of research, in terms of safety, in terms of the, the science that's happening here, we really don't want to go, you know, to these extreme points and, and, uh, and get into some problem areas. So I think, I think where we're at is, is excellent. And, and this dose of 300 milligrams is very experiential in the euphoric. Yeah. Even though well, I, I, think that, I think was, is really compelling too, is the, you know, the, the latest study from Texas A&M um, that the ingenious group did where they compared it to caffeine. Um, and this is what, you know, I was experiencing, but then when I saw the data, it was just great to see where, you know, when they were comparing it and noting that, you know, looking at these different cognitive measures um, was that although, you know, there's benefits to caffeine and they're essentially, you know, faster in, in some ways in processing, the paraxanthine group was making less errors. So if, if you think about that for a second, right, like we all associate, and I think it almost comes back a little bit bent your comments too, right? Everyone's looking for something that's really, you know, they want to experiment. They want something that's harder hitting. And to them, you know, it's, you know, there's a community element of it. Just want to try it, you know, how they feel. But when you just, when you just dig into the science and you start to see, well, I could be more productive, right? And it's the state of mind that, you know, separates, right? The best performers, you know, the elite. And if you're making more mistakes, I mean, think about that in sport, whatever you're doing, you know, a steal, drop the ball, you know, miss, just whatever it is, right? In the blink of eye, those kind of, um, and even when you're student work, like enhanced productivity like that, to me, I think are some of the big difference makers, which why we're so excited, you know, about this. Um, yeah, if you forked in that beta alanine, I'd be taking it in the morning every day. So, yeah. Something about the beta alanine that you guys use, I get, I, you're talking to a guy who takes every pre-workout on the market for the, for the content and something about your beta alanine just makes me tingle harder than other ones. I got some tingles right now, but I would say it's it's average tingles for me. Oh, for me, I was doing. in the gym. I, I took it out of the, out of the bottle for the first time on Sunday, and I was just like, I was in the gym, like, what kind of beta alien are you guys using? <laughs> Let me get this straight. You can take like a gram of caffeine at eight p.m., go to sleep, but our beta now. I was we'll very specific. More. I could take two hundred milligrams of caffeine at ten. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I thought Ben was hardcore. What? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I I think um, well, what I was kind of getting at before is like for for caffeine in terms of like safety. You know, you really get into like GI distress and and you know high 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 heart rate and a lot of people that's that's what they find with caffeine. So I guess one thing I wanted to ask about that this, this distinction. It's not caffeine but it is technically a stimulant. Can people expect not to have as much of an increase in heart rate from this or blood pressure? Because oftentimes when we talk about stimulants, like this is a very fun conversation I have with a lot of our viewers, a lot of other brands. Um, if you take out the legal reasons, like what are the definition of a stimulant is for a lot of people is the raising of heart rate or blood pressure for them. Um, so like maybe a tea cream or dynamy may not feel as stimulating to them, but like acetylcholine or a theobromine, while they aren't caffeine, will still have a lot of that effect. So outside of our anecdotes, Sean or Raza, for people that are listening, or quite honestly, formulators that are chomping at the bits listening to this podcast, waiting to use this ingredient, are they, are they going to feel as much of that heart rate and blood pressure, maybe not as much of anxiety, but those physical changes from parazanthine? No, no, okay. they, they're just, they're, they're dramatically lower. Like, 
to the point where most people aren't experiencing much of a change at all. Like there may be some dose, some, especially if there was co-administration, which is hard to say, like, again, caffeine so omnipresent that like someone may have just had a Red Bull an hour ago or a coffee or, you know, it gets a little, you know, right. squirrely there, but um, no, in our studies, when things are controlled, absolutely not. Like we're, we're not seeing that, the uh, the blood pressure differences in the, the heart rate, uh, or the anxiety, like I said. So, because to uh, many people, that's a positive, right? A mm-hmm. little bit of a lifted heart rate is, you know, you see that on your Apple watch, you're like, good, I'm, I'm getting into my, you know, getting closer into that thermogenic range moving. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think you'll see that it is thermogenic uh, and lipolytic, but um, yeah, you're not seeing as much of the the negatives on that kind of CNS front. And I think you bring up a really good point, like both Ben and Mike, that I think for some people it's, it's like attached to like how they experience the energy and it's going to yeah. take a little bit of conditioning for some of those hardcore people to experience something cleaner. Uh, ironically, but like they're, they're, they've attached like some of this dirtiness to like, I'm feeling it like the, almost like having a headache or the blood pressure, you know, it's like, okay, it's hitting, you know, like, so right. um, I think there is some kind of reconditioning that, that will, that will happen there. But I think Mike, you bring up a great point that after, you know, after a while of using it, when you go back, it's like, mm, that wasn't so great. Like, you know, so it's, it's definitely some, some Pavlovian retraining that needs to happen there for, for the hardcore people. But uh, this is, yeah, this is a wholly clean experience. I think, I think people that try it, I'm just begging you guys to try it. You can get samples from, from Iovate and, and uh, this is going to be an incredible experience for you guys that are listening. And like I said, I'm, I'm just like, I used it right before this and, and I'm zooming. So uh, I love just using it in general every day. I'm seeing a, a whole generational change in this stuff overall. Like you said, that that just that Pavlovian. I love that 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 uh, comparison. But you see this with people who, to me, like your heart rate, and your blood pressure were supposed to go up when you took a pre workout because that's supposed to get you hyped to go do things in the gym, right? Whether you're running or you're lifting or whatever, that was just something that you expected. I see this across a lot of different things, uh, especially Sean with yourself. Like so many people were so used to cutting and bulking and cutting and bulking. Uh, massive changes in calories, but now some people are realizing you can fast for for more beneficial in terms of that, like a strategic look at that. You can use berberine to kind of mimic a lot of these effects. Like so much of these dogmatic views on fitness, uh, whether it's bodybuilding or just you know actually dieting and losing fat, we're really breaking down a lot of the walls that were so uncomfortable for so many people and finding a lot more of an efficient way to do things. Uh, which is really kind of what I was trying to get at before when I was talking about pre-workouts. So many people found this uncomfortable factor of it to be necessary. And it's just a, an unfortunate thing that like you went into GNC, you thought you were walking out with something, nothing against GNC, but you, you thought you were walking out with this thing that's going to raise your heart rate so much. And that was what you needed to be focused in the gym. But I find I'm even more calm when I'm using this product in the gym, but I'm I'm, I'm much more blinders on. Uh, when I'm getting after it. So I, I think this is better for everyone, but we might have to do a little bit of reprogramming. Yeah, we get into some silly sure. memes in this industry for sure. Like <laughs> not yeah. everything needs to be blue raspberry, like certain flavors, certain effects just become very, very 
copied and copied and copied before it's like, wait, what happened? Um, I got to throw it way back. I got a few things to say, but I got to throw it way back to ep- episode two of this podcast with Sean Wells. The first time we really dug in and hit it off. Uh, Sean talked about, um, first off, he, he that's back when he mentioned that he didn't do really well with caffeine and he suggested a stimulant free pre-workout as his favorite pre-workout when I asked him. Uh, but also he was talking about imposter syndrome and how a lot of people uh, dupe themselves into this mindset where they don't belong. And it's like, you, you then eventually you look into this research and it's like this thing was staring at us right in the face. And Sean, Sean brought it out. And so no, no imposter syndrome needed, like go find your thing and do it. It's, it's pretty exciting. Um, I, I guess Outside of that, I wanted to see if, if you could elucidate any of these uh, lipolytic effects anymore. Like, is caffeine really, we've seen some studies show it like frees up uh, fatty, free fatty acids and everything, but is it, and it's in obviously a ton of fat burners. Is it really a, a, a strong fat burner though? It seems like caffeine just brings an energy component to a lot of fat burners, but um, you know, if caffeine itself were a fat burner, you know, obviously as, as caffeine consumption has increased in society the last 20 years, we've continued to gain weight. So I, uh, I'd like to kind of just know if there's if there's more you can talk about that uh, before the, the studies are published. Um, well, Juan Raza, do you want to jump in on that, or do you want me to? So I, I can I can start and then definitely uh, fill in the gaps. I mean, we've been I mean, we've been formulating with you know with with, with caffeine for you know twenty five plus years you know in our fat burner um, and and weight loss products hydroxycut. So I think it's you know it's it's definitely been a key component that's added efficacy to the formulation. I, I would say it's never been, you know, caffeine alone um, in, in terms of providing the benefits, um, you know, whether it was initially in combinations with, you know, other uh, ingredients that increase catecholamines. But if we look at how it works, right, the data in terms of its ability to increase catecholamines, like norepinephrine, increase, you know, your body core temperature, lipolysis, but there's still an activity level you know, associated that you got to go and do something and burn that. So, you know, you don't want to be, you know, taking it before bed or when you're going to be inactive for a long time, you know, it'll, it'll help with your basal metabolic rate, but you do got to do something with that. Um, so I, well, and then there's so many variables. So, you know, as a formulator, you know, you've got to think about, you know, there's that component, there's the, there's the, um, thermogenic components. Um, then there's, you know, there's everything from blood sugar metabolism, right? There's all these other different pathways that you can turn on, um, you know, enhancing, you know, transport to the mitochondria for things to be burned. There's just, there's so much. So I, I'd say it's, it's not just definitely not just a standalone. We're super excited. You know, we, we work pretty closely with, um, you know, with, with Sean and the team on, on, on some of the design for what's, what's coming next. And we're, we're thrilled actually just kind of waiting. Uh, so not too much more. I know we can share just yet, but I think, uh, you know, we're going to definitely see a difference maker from, from using it. And, you know, from a consumer perspective, I'd also say we definitely noticed demand for people. Well, and especially removing that bio-individuality component that's, that's to it, right? Like, you know, that's where uh, you're going to see, you know, this work at least, I'll tell you, like you would expect that it would work at least as well as caffeine, but for like people like Ben, you know, like, so uh, I think this is going to be, you know, a great equalizer and, and we'll see with the, with the data that, that comes out. But, you know, definitely like Raz is saying, the, the thermogenic effect, the, the basal metabolic rate, the, the free fatty acids, but also there is going to be certain synergy with the way that it works with, um, you know, these other ingredients that you'll see with the enhanced metabolic rate 
and things like like Roz was bringing up a great point about like you know epinephrine norepinephrine things like that that you're going to see like enhanced benefit with ingredients such as that uh, fennel capsaicin and uh i'm sure I, I would love to study that better than than even uh you know single administration with co-administration i'm sure you would see the synergy so that that could be fun is is really exploring some of these ingredients together I'm really excited to see you guys bring it over to your gaming line, Raza. Your, uh, was it XP Sports you guys have? Yeah, um, yeah, we do. And I mean, the I mean that's part of the reason also, I mean, Euphor, I think there's a lot of overlap, you mm-hmm. know, with this product just from, uh, you know, whether someone's gaming or productivity, which is also kind of why we had the new level in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you're going to, you know, I can't get all the details, but you're definitely going to see us using, you know, doing quite a bit. Quite yeah, a bit. it just makes sense to me. I mean, I yeah. think that the fitness industry has a problem with caffeine for sure. Um, but I could definitely see, you know, we've got, we've come a far away from gamers drinking Mountain Dew all night. Um, we've gotten into, you know, maybe the, the G fuels and, and the specific gamer products, but um, I know that, 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 that was a big hurdle for a lot of people. You know, most people are playing video games late at night because they work all day. Um, and uh, apart from staring at a bright screen until 2am, which is a bad problem in, its, in itself, taking caffeine to be focused at midnight is obviously detrimental if you're trying to get to sleep at any point during that night. So maybe paraxanthine can be helpful in that case. 100%. For sure. It is, it is, it's a vicious cycle, right? Like you have people that, you know, are, are taking stimulants and caffeine in particular, you know, really late at night for whether it's gaming, whatever they need to do, they're training at night, you know, they don't sleep as well and then you need it again. So then all of a sudden you're in this, you know, the suboptimal state. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it, again, it's, it's circular. You're not recovering as fast. You're not performing as well. And, you know, again, speaking from just, you know, even from a personal perspective, outside of all the great feedback that we're getting, I used to watch the clock. So 2 p.m., no caffeine. Um, and even, you know, if I stopped probably at 1, 12, 30, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just had to, to cut it there where I, I, I literally will take infinity. I mean, up to 5 p.m. Again, it's still stimulant. So I still, you know, I but I'm literally I'm taking it to 5 p.m. And I'm sleeping like I, I'm, I'm sleeping really well. And I'm, I'm a very sensitive sleeper. And, you know, to me, that's where I mean, we did a poll with our consumers and we noticed that a majority did train at night. So to me, it just mm-hmm. it's just game changing. Right. Like we want you to get the most out of your workouts, but do not disrupt sleep. Just right. just too important. Right. For mind, body, that whole mind muscle connection. Yeah. I, I always found it was like, you know, you take a don't take a lot of caffeine, but you take a little bit if you're studying, working, whatever it is late at night. And then you have to take melatonin. Right. To fall mm-hmm. asleep. And then that that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole Pandora's box on its own of that. But you create this this just uh, upper downer. Yeah, you wake up in the morning and there's there's yeah. a there's a ton of data back things to help with that. You know, tyrosine helps with with uh, with shift work or anything like that. But to have to make it necessary to use that to be productive at all. You know, I I definitely think most of us want to follow the path of least resistance and not need these things in the first place. Uh, so but uh, t- teaching people into actually having a healthy circadian rhythm is a whole nother problem. So and uh, when you don't get enough sleep by the way, like then you run into like insufficient cellular energy with the neurons, they're insulin resistant. It's essentially like a acute version of type three diabetes. And now you're like desperate for energy and you're craving that. So your body is going to think I need two things. I need like fast energy from sugar or caffeine. So that's what you're reaching for in the morning. Hence the monster, hence the you know, glazed donuts and whatever it is that people are reaching for first thing in the morning, it's because they're 
they're insulin resistant, that brain fog is literally because the synapses are firing slower. So, you know, this again is, is night and day for that. And if you get better sleep, if there is one thing that I would say is, is correlated to, to longer life. And I've talked a lot about that on a lot of fronts is better sleep. And there's actually a new study, uh, a guy has like coined the term sleep age, you know, looking at kind of like biological versus kind of chronological age and, and sleep factors and all that stuff. And the fact that this is going to move that needle in terms of, you know, energy, mood and focus without having a negative effect on sleep, it's really massive on, on the quality of life that we're talking about for people. Uh, and especially when it comes to metabolic syndrome, because when you chronically get into that state that I just talked about acutely, that's when you're at like three times the rate of myocardial infarction, heart attack, and you're at five times the rate of type two diabetes, and you head down that whole uh, disrupted metabolic pathway. So it has a massive impact on, on quality of life and aging. Yeah, Sean, Sean, I think you actually use the word how much sleep, but I would even argue like even if you are getting that quality, even if the, the quality sleep, because I know mm -hmm. I, I I think I will be the first person to admit that even if I did take 200 milligrams at eight o'clock and fell asleep at, 11, at 1030, we all know that sleep was not good quality sleep, even at that point. Um, we And we all know people that I did a whole series this year of, of looking into different sleep aids and people made fun of me for I like sleep aids more this year than pre-workouts, ironically. But I, I agree with you, Sean. Sean is you know, sleep is a huge thing. Uh, I, I, I think it's probably a bit of a controversial opinion, but there's a lot of people in America right now with changing legislations that use a certain plant to go to sleep. I don't want to say the plant because it might get us demonetized on YouTube, but again, using these things to, to make better sleep, it's never the same thing as just having a quality circadian rhythm and, and, and good sleep hygiene. And I think a lot of that starts with the, the issues of caffeine. So, uh, I, I, I don't know if we have the data to really back the statement, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that paraxanthine is going to make an impact on that for us. Uh, I, I know uh, I'm out of questions. I, I think Mike might be as well. So if, if you guys have any closing thoughts on this. Yeah, I'm good to go. So thank you gentlemen so much. Yeah. Closing thoughts, please, please do it. I think we've, we've made the case clear. You got to at least try this and give it a, give it a 30 serving run or whatever it may be. Yeah. I'm very excited from that front. Like that's, you know, these ingredients, uh, really come from a place of passion for me. Like this was part of my own personal search uh, because I'm not as genetically gifted on many fronts as Ben came. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm coming from a place of, uh, I guess, uh, being uh, hamstring, uh, uh, you know, genetically. So um, for me, this, is, this has been uh, a game changer in my personal life. And so I'm really excited for people to try this, to use this for the feedback. I loved like in your uh, uh, Discord or whatever it was, uh, Ben, that like, someone literally said they didn't know the name of the product yet. They're like, I don't know. I just feel this euphoria. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is awesome. Like literally the name of the product here. So no, and, and I just couldn't be happier. I like one uh, in this conversation with um, two brilliant sports nutrition influencer minds uh, such as yourselves here uh, with Price Plow and everything that you guys do in the industry and, and really changing it for the better uh, across the board. And then, you know, to work with Raza and, and Iovate Muscle Tech has just been really exciting in terms of how they're investing and, and the way they want to do everything to the letter the right way and 
it just aligns so well because we see this ingredient as a legacy ingredient, like for the next hundred years. We've we've very much, I will tell you, like to the detriment of a lot of dollars, controlled the way this is being put out on the market because we're seeing the long-term vision. And we don't want this to get misused or misaligned with the wrong thing, the wrong people. And so this partnership meant a lot to us. And the way that uh, Raz and the team are going about it is is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, I got to say, I I was super excited to launch this whole thing alongside the name of Muscle Tech because I, I do think that Muscle Tech has maybe gotten the wrong rap over the last couple of years. In terms of innovation, I think that it, it was an amazing move for you guys. And I'm really excited to, for, for Muscle Tech to have this tied to its name for some time. Uh, so, Raz, I know you've been at, at Muscle Tech for a long time through uh, so many different innovation generations. Uh, I, I think this is just another one coming along. So congratulations. Yeah, no, thank, thanks so much. I really, I mean, we, um, you know, we're, we're so excited, you know, here at, at Muscle Tech. Uh, like I said, we got a huge pipeline planned. Um, and, you know, something like this isn't, you know, isn't possible, you know, right? Unless you're partnering, you're partnering with the best, you know, people with like-minded, you know, that you respect, trust, admire, um, to, to do the right thing, deliver on quality, deliver on science. And like I said, it's something that we've been doing for, for, you know, 25 plus years. Um, but I've never been as excited. I can say right now, I think like, this is it. This is the most groundbreaking, um, ingredient coming that is completely disruptive, but for all the right reasons. Um, so, you know, really excited to, to get it out there, get people to try it. And, uh, you know, Ben and Mike, thanks for having us on here. Um, you know, again, it means, it means a lot. We could do this together and for everyone listening, you gotta get out there, you know, try euphoric and, and burn IQ. Awesome. Let's get around. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks again, gentlemen. We appreciate Thanks, that you've allowed us to to partner with you in uh, making this announcement. All right. Have a good one, guys. You got it. You got Thanks. it. See you. See ya.